I am so excited about this. I want to welcome you to the Purpose Project Podcast. During our time together, I will teach you how to pray, how to intentionally develop intimacy with your Creator, and challenge you to discover and embrace your God-ordained purposes. I am your host, Margie Florent. My prayer for you today is that you will be empowered and strengthened in the Word of God to move forward into your destiny. talking today about the Holy Spirit and travailing prayer. The Holy Spirit and travailing prayer. Um, This is not a subject that has been, uh, that I have been released to teach in a long, 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 long time, maybe 25 years. I did start this teaching last week. We launched it tonight. We're going to finish it. Um, but the Holy Spirit and travailing prayers. Matter of fact, what happened is, is in the early in the seventies, this message, this word was going forth. Actually, in the late seventies and early eighties. And after a while, God just said, "You stop teaching on it. You, you shut it down." Because many people were getting off, getting into error. They were getting into the soulish realm when it came to prevailing prayer, groanings in the spirit. But I'm very encouraged because God is saying it's time to revive it. It's time teach it and if he's saying you got to teach it that means he's stirring up the gift of god that is within his church the bible says my house will be called a house of prayer and so he's stirring up the body of christ in this kind of prayer you know the bible says that we're to pray ephesians 6 18 with all manner of prayer or all different kinds of prayer and travailing prayer and groanings in the spirit and prayer is one of those kinds of prayer. We are the house of prayer and God is stirring up this kind of praying. Generally speaking, teaching always precedes that which God wants to do. So what it it causes me to understand is, is that God is getting ready to do some great and mighty things. He said, call upon me, I will answer you and show you great and mighty things. We can call upon him with the word. We can call upon him in tongues. We can also call upon him and yield over to the spirit of grace and supplication through the use of, of, as the spirit wills, groanings and travail in the spirit. And we're going to get into it and we're going to fully explain it. Now, as we jump into this, just remember this, that the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 3, 9, that you and I are co-laborers together with God. God needs us to work together with him specifically in laboring fervently in prayer. God has always used man to get the will of God accomplished in the earth. So it's very important that we yield to the spirit of grace and supplication and allow the Holy Spirit to move in and through us. Now, before we talk about the, the, the groanings and the fail, let's first Talk about the Holy Spirit. We understand, because we understand him, we will learn to trust him and thus yield to him. Therefore, he will be a major influence on our prayer life. So in order to understand groanings and travail and this kind of praying, we also must, hello, Margaret. God bless you. She's joining me from the UK. She's another one of my God children, anointed woman of God. Um, 
but as we, we, it's very important that we understand the Holy Spirit if we're going to understand groanings and travail, this kind of prayer. So let's just give a, a, a brief description of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says in Romans 8, 26 and Romans 8, 16, that the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Romans 8 says, talks about the Holy Spirit, that he, he isn't a him. He is not an it. The Holy Spirit is a person. He is the third person of the Godhead. He has a personality. He has a mind. He has a will. He has emotions. It's very important for us to understand that this person of the Holy Spirit is not a mere influence, blessing, or manifestation. He is a person. And we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. As God has said, I will dwell in them. I will walk in them. I will be their God. They will be my people. We are containers of the Holy Spirit. So when we talk about groanings and travail in the Spirit, this kind of prayer, we have to understand that it is Holy Spirit inspired and Holy Spirit initiated. Okay? Now, Jesus said several things about the Holy Spirit. We're not going to get into all of it because that's not our subject. There's a couple of scriptures I want to highlight. He said in John 14, 16 through 18, he said, I'm going to ask at the Father, and he is going to give you another comforter. Up till then, Jesus was the comforter. Jesus was the teacher. Jesus was everything that they needed. But he said, listen, I'm going away. I'm not going to be with you very long. And I, I am not going to leave you orphans, but I am going to send a person who is going to be with you always, even unto the ends of this earth. And it is the person of the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to send the comforter. The uh, Amplified says in the Greek, talks about the comforter is the paracletos, one called alongside to help. I'm going to send the comforter. And it's translated the intercessor, the strengthener, the helper, the standby. The advocate, the strengthener, I'm going to send him and he is going to remain with you forever. Even the spirit of the truth whom the world cannot see because it will not understand him. But Jesus said, but you're going to understand him. And it's my fit belief and, and my heart in, in, as, as, as this word goes forth, it is my heart and my belief that as we teach this word on groanings and travail in the spirit, Holy Spirit is going to ignite your hearts. That you're going to understand this kind of praying and that when it begins to rise up on the inside of you, instead of you quenching the Spirit, you're going to yield more fully over unto Him. So know that you have the Holy Spirit. You have this intercessor. He is on the inside of you. He's on the inside of you also to help you pray. Okay? He's here to help you pray. And he manifests himself in different expressions in prayer. And we've talked about speaking the word and praying the word, praying around. We've talked a lot about praying in the spirit, praying in tongues, praying in the Holy Ghost. But there is another expression. <laughs> there is another expression, and it is the expression of travail and groanings in the spirit. Now, again, another comforter. Jesus said, I'm going to send you another 
comforter. Are we good? Can you hear me? Is every, can everybody hear me okay? Audio, please. Here we go again with the audio. Hi, Mike. How are you? Let me see if I put this on. Okay. Hopefully, hopefully it gets better. Beautiful. Thank you. Okay, so the Paracletos, the Holy Spirit, who's here to help us pray. Okay, thank you. That, that Greek word is Paracletos. It means comforter. It, it's a compound word, and it's composed of the word para, which means alongside, alongside, and kletos, which means one called. So we have the fact that he is one called to stand alongside another. Now, as the house of prayer, as men and women of prayer, we have the Holy Spirit who is called alongside us to help us pray. And I bind every work of darkness in the name of Jesus, and I forbid you, devil, to interfere with this broadcast tonight in the name of Jesus. Okay? So he is called to help us to fulfill our ministry in many ways. Obviously, he guides us, he teaches us, he encourages us, he points us back to Jesus. He, you know, if we've lost our way, but he also helps us to fulfill our ministry and to help us to pray. We're not going to get into it, but he has a ministry to the lost, he has a ministry to the church, okay? But he is also our teacher. Jesus said, when the Holy Spirit has come, he will, he will teach you all things and he will bring all things back to your remembrance. Now, specifically in the light of prayer, the Holy Spirit is here to teach us how to pray, to teach us how to yield to him. Now, the beauty of having me teach you or someone like me teaching you is, you, you know, I can teach you what I have learned in 35, 40 years. You can pick up on it tonight and enter into the fullness of it. You don't have to wait 35, 40 years to learn how to pray, to learn how to yield to the spirit of grace and supplication. You don't have to wait 35, 40 years to understand that these groanings and uh, that come forth up out of us is the language of the spirit and you may not know what it is. No, you can learn tonight what it took me 40 years to learn. As a matter of fact, I learned a lot of the things that I'm teaching you through Kenneth E. Hagan by watching him, by listening to him, by watching him pray. And you've heard me say this to, before, some things are better caught than taught. But thank God that we can not only catch these things, we also need to be taught these things. See, we, very important that we have the foundation of the word of God, especially when it comes to groanings and travail, so that we stay the course and we stay steady. But it, we shouldn't be afraid of this kind of praying and we shouldn't you know push it in, in you know aside and say well it's just weird and we just don't understand it no i believe that we need to understand the things of the spirit and how the things of the spirit work and i believe that that's the time and that's the decade that we're living in where god is teaching us of the things of the spirit so that we can fully enter into all that he has for us, especially when it comes to prayer, because we are living in perilous times. And it's going to take all the weapons of our warfare to see the fulfillment of God's plan accomplished in the earth, because the whole earth is travailing and groaning for the manifestation of the sons of God. The Holy Spirit desires to rise up big within us and have expression through us. When he begins to 
come manifest this kind of prayer and this kind of praying. It's very important that we yield more fully unto him. It, it There is an anointing when this kind of prayer begins to manifest. And, and, and whether you're anointed or not anointed, your prayers are working. But I just wanted for you to understand that when this kind of praying begins to manifest up in and through you, there is a definite, tangible anointing. You could be more anointed or less anointed to pray, but either way, it doesn't matter. Your prayers avail much, according to James 5.16. But when it comes to this kind of praying, there is an anointing. There is a surge. There is longing. There is grieving. There is times tears. There is stretching. There is a longing. There is a is such a reality of the third person on, on the inside of you rising up and having an expression through you. Now, those of you that teach and preach, Alex, Margaret, Michael, you know, many of you that are on that are teaching and preaching, you know that there are times that you're more anointed and less anointed to teach and to preach and to move in the spirit. Okay, well, you know, the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit. But the same thing holds true when it comes to prayer. There is an anointing, and specifically in this kind of praying, there is most definitely an anointing. And when you're in this place of prayer, there's no thought of self, and you're not as conscious of the natural realm as much as you would be if you're praying and declaring the word and you're speaking the word or even at times praying in tongues with those that level those levels of prayer work but when you're in this place of prayer the groanings and the travail in intercession there is no thought of self you are more conscious of what is going on on the inside of you and the desire to bring forth that which is on the inside of you and you're not as conscious of what is going on on the outside of you. That's where this anointing comes in. That's where this yielding comes in. And, 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 and you're like that person that, that, that says, you know, well, it says, whoa, if it's me if I don't preach the gospel. But you're like that prayer person that says, woe is me if I don't pray this thing through to victory. God said, shall I bring you to the birth and shut up the womb? You are so constrained in prayer. You're laboring fervently in prayer. And you don't want to stop praying until you have a breakthrough, a spiritual breakthrough, where you sense that which you are carrying is born. That is travail. That is groanings in the spirit. And I love how the Holy Spirit is teaching us about this kind of praying. Because none of this is in my notes, but we're going to get into some of my notes. When I was in Pastor Jamie Morgan's church, an outstanding church on the East Coast, God brought us into these dimensions and these levels of prayer in the teaching part. And I believe God was able to bring her church, her ministry, into this, these levels of teaching this kind of dimension in prayer is because the people were ready to receive it and they were ready to move in it and they were ready to walk in the light of this revelation. Well, I believe you are ready. I believe now is the time. I believe we are the people. And this is the, the place and the time 
for the spirit of grace to begin to move in a greater dimension. And he is anointing you with fresh oil. And he's anointing his body with fresh oil. And while the church, you know, I'm just going to say it straight up. Well, the church seems to be somewhat divided in the sense that people are going um, the way of no tongues in church, no move of the Holy Spirit in church. On the flip side, the church is also being born into a new dimension. And the church is beginning to ride upon the high places of this earth. And the church is beginning to move in deeper realms of the spirit and deeper realms of the spirit of prayer. So while these people over here don't want even tongues, the people over here that want the fullness of what God has to give us, we're going to enter into the fullness and the full degree of what God desires us to enter into. What I see is I see that I see us on this side. I see us. We're entering into. We're not just going to go to the ankles because we're not satisfied with ankle deep, Holy Ghost walking with God. We want everything. We want the total immersion. We want God from the top of our heads to the soles of our feet. We want everything that God has for us. If God said to covet earnestly the gifts of the Spirit, we're not going to just covet six gifts of the Spirit. We're going to covet nine gifts of the Spirit. We're going to believe God for the power gifts. We want it all. And so when it comes to prayer, we want it all. And let me tell you something, whether you want to hear this or not, or whether you like what I'm going to say or not, if people don't have the fullness of the spirit, people are going to get bored. People are going to dry up. People are going to get dissatisfied and they're going to begin to turn away from the things of God. And they're going to begin to turn away to the thing into the things of the world or the, even the things of the new age we as the body of christ as, and members in particular need to step into all that god has for us and i am telling you straight up the travail groanings in the spirit and the fullness of the manifestation of the the holy ghost in this day and in this hour is is what god wants to bring into the earth so let's be open. Let's trust in the Lord with all of our heart. Let's study to show ourselves approved unto God. Workmen that need not to be ashamed. Let's look at the scriptures and see what does God have to say about the Holy Spirit? What does God have to say about this kind of praying? What does God desire to do with, with the third person of the Holy Spirit? So those of you that are on this live, you're men and women of prayer. I'm going to tell you right now what I was going to say at the end. God is dropping mantles, prayer mantles on many of you tonight. Many of you who are going to listen later, God is dropping mantles on you and you can be more anointed and less anointed. He's dropping a mantle and a greater anointing of prayer. And so that's why he wants me to share this word with you so that you can rightly divide the word of truth. So when this kind of praying begins to manifest, and it's not always going to manifest like this, but when it does begin to manifest, you will know and you will understand that this is the third person of the Godhead. He's rising up within me and he's moving up out of me and I'm, he desires to have expression through me through this house of prayer. So I believe with all of my heart that as I speak this word, Acts 10, 44, that mantles are going to fall upon many of you that are hearing this word. While Peter yet spake this word, the Holy Ghost 
fell on all them that heard the word. While I'm speaking to you through this Facebook Live, the Holy Ghost is falling upon you, rising up in you. And he's saying, yes, I have called you to prayer. Yes, I have called you to this dimension of prayer. Yes, it is time to get off of, of that seat of boredom and it's time for you to enter into the fullness of the spirit and everything that i have called you to be and called you to do and especially to be a house of prayer god has called every single one of us to be houses of prayer it's just not for the preacher it's just not for the women it's for everyone all are called to yield over to this spirit of grace and supplication you heard me share it last week and I, I mean, we had an outstanding prayer meeting in my home with 60 leaders, and we all entered into the intercession together. It was one of the most phenomenal things I had ever seen in 30 years, where we all entered in, and when the groanings and the travail rose up within us, we all immediately, even physically, we, we, some of us found that, and we immediately gave expression to that which the Holy Spirit desired to do. And I really sensed the Holy Spirit is excited. You know, the Holy Spirit has emotions. He, he, he has joy. There's all kinds of things about the Holy Spirit. It's a whole other teaching. But I believe that the Holy Spirit is exciting, excited because he's saying, I have a people who are going to allow me to flow through them in the fullness of what I desire to flow through in this day and in this hour because we are living again in perilous times. How much more should you and I, as praying men and women, should we say we're living in perilous times, but where sin abounds, grace does so much more abound. So that spirit of grace has got to be in, in a greater measure of demonstration in this hour. So I'm very, I'm very excited. I'm very thrilled with what the Holy Spirit is doing. Now, I'm teaching you how to pray, but 1 John 2.27 also says that the Holy Ghost will teach you how to pray. He will show you how to pray. He will teach you how to pray. That's how I learned about travail and intercession and groanings. I, of course, I watched Brother Hagen, but when I went into my closet, Matthew 6.6, 6, and I shut the door, and I went into that secret place, and I was praying the word and praying in tongues, when I found myself entering into the kind of praying that was not with articulate words or not with speech, but more like the sighs and inner workings and groanings and, 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 and sounds that were not um, formulated. I just heard the Holy Spirit say to me, Margie, just keep yielding over unto me. This is me. And then he began to teach me through the scriptures. Okay. Let's go on. I'm just going to tell you straight up. I'm trying to keep these at 45 minutes, but I'm going to continue this till I'm finished tonight because I'm not going to be able to be with you for the next, I think, two weeks. But I'm going to finish this tonight because the anointing's here, and it's really easy when you have the anointing and you're teaching this kind of message because, again, it has to be the Holy Spirit teaching us this kind of word. Okay, because we're comparing spiritual things with spiritual things and it has to be taught by the spirit. Okay, we said and we even said this, the spirit said this to us at J.B. Morgan's church. And I'll tell you why there's so much revelation in her church. And I know I keep talking about her church. It's because they are a house of prayer. And if you're a church and you're a ministry of prayer, not just constant teaching, the spirit of wisdom and revelation 
will, will surge through the church and rise through the church. And, and, and because we need both the word and the spirit. And the reason why we received so much revelation in her church a couple of months ago was because there's such a people of prayer. And one of the things that the spirit of God said to us in, in Pastor Jamie's church was that there's going to be a release and a surge of, of tongues in and amongst the body of Christ that this kind of praying is going to be revived. Where people have despised tongues, he said, I'm going to revive it. And then again, we still have the people on the other side that are saying, we don't want any tongues in our church. But you know that tongues is given as a sign for the unbeliever? So if you have unbelievers coming to your church and you don't want any tongues, well, it's a sign to them that there is a God, that there is a Holy Spirit. So anyway, I don't, I don't get that, but whatever. But the surge of tongues is entering into the body of Christ. God said it's going to bring us to another level of prayer. So when we, when we enter into the tongues, we enter into praying in the spirit, it opens up the door or creates an avenue whereby the anointing begins to flow, John 7, 38, and it opens up an avenue whereby as the spirit wills, we will begin to enter into travailing prayer. Very few people enter into that level of prayer, but it is beginning we're going to talk about this it's not something you can work up in the soul or work up in the in the flesh it has to be spirit led just like everything else that we do in the church it has to be spirit born and spirit led but this the tongues and the surge of tongues is going to open up a gusher and in this gusher and in this river is going to come the groanings and the travail as the spirit wills. Now let's talk about groanings and travail. Romans 8, 26 through 20 says, says, likewise, the spirit also helps our infirmities. When we don't know how to pray as we ought, the spirit himself makes intercession with groanings which cannot be uttered. Okay, now he who searches the hearts knows what is the mind of the spirit, or what the mind of the spirit is, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. As the scripture says that the spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now, before we get, get into the definition, notice he said, when you're praying with these groanings, you're praying according to the will of God. Yes, when you pray in tongues, you're praying according to the will of God. But also when you pray with the groanings, you're praying according to the will of God. What is the will of God? The will of God is to birth his purposes, his plans, his desires, his will is to build his kingdom. His will is that all men be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. His will is that 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 uh, people would be delivered from demons, be delivered from the kingdom of darkness. His will is that whole cities would be fit, saved, just like some of the revivals in days gone by. His will for is for a major move of God, shall a nation be born at once, his will is that Zion would travail and bring forth the birth, even if, so to speak, would be a whole entire nation. So when we pray these kinds of prayers, we're praying according to the will of God. Now let's define groanings, okay? Now the apostle Paul wrote about groanings, which cannot be uttered. 
Now, my question is this. Do you think the Apostle Paul prayed like this? Prayed this kind of praying? We know he said, I thank my God, I speak in tongues more than you all. But do you think that the Apostle Paul prayed with groanings which cannot be uttered? Of course he did. He couldn't have written about it or talked about it if he hadn't experienced it. Those who teach on this kind of praying have experienced it. They've walked in the light of it. That's why, you know, it's spirit to spirit, pairing spiritual things with spiritual things. When you've walked in it, you're able to teach on it. And so the apostle Paul said, he said, uh, he said he wrote about groanings which cannot be uttered. Now here he's talking about one manifestation of travailing prayer. The Greek word for groanings in this scripture in Romans 8 is the word S-T-E-N-A-G-M-O-S, which in the plural simply means a groaning or a sigh of the Holy Spirit. Another translation says a sigh too deep for words. So these are groanings in the spirit which cannot be uttered. Sighs that are too deep for words, but they don't just happen on their own they manifest in and through us remember romans 8 says it's or first corinthians 14 2 or 14 one of the two says it's amplified my spirit by the holy spirit within me prays so when these groanings begin to uh bubble up out of us we have to yield to them and so they're not words that we understand but they're sighs there is a yielding there's a flow, okay? Here, now these are the things that God, the Spirit of God gave me today. Here, here's what he said. He said, these groanings are the expression. I thought this was really well said. Now, remember, the Holy Ghost gave this to us. He gave it to me to share with you. That's what I love about what's happening with the prayer movement, is God's given us brand new definitions, brand new insights into what these scriptures mean. He said, he said, these groanings are the expression or language of the Holy Spirit that rises up from our heart or our spirit man. Remember, he that speaks in unknown tongues, it's my spirit praise, but my understanding, it's my spirit. But when these groanings come up, they're coming from the same place, from the spirit man. This kind of prayer is an inward groaning or sigh without articulate speech or words we understand. This kind of prayer rises up from our innermost being and is expressed through our mouth and our vocal cords. So the Holy Spirit doesn't groan outside of us. The Holy Spirit doesn't sigh outside of us. He, we are the house of prayer, so he has expression through you and through I because man is God's avenue into the earth, okay? Number three, we can't work up this type of prayer by our will. It is a spiritual response to a prayer burden. My spirit by the Holy Spirit within me does the praying. Travail, number four, has to be Holy Spirit led and inspired. Very important, okay? And or it's just soulish or originating from the human personality or emotions. Now, some people are more emotional than others. This may be a shock to you, but I'm a very quiet, introverted person. But when the Holy Spirit gets a hold of me, he, he turns me into another person. So this is not coming from the soulish man. Obviously, 
our soul does come into play when the Holy Spirit begins to rise up. But this is coming from the spirit of man and not from the human personality or emotions, although your emotions will kick in. When it is pure Holy Spirit, at times it does bring emotions into play and even with tears. You are so gripped by God in this place of prayer, your emotions are affected, but not always. Because when you begin to enter into this anointing, into this place of prayer, my friends, you begin to see as God sees. You begin to, uh, in a sense, you know, you're touched with the feelings of, of other people's infirmities. You, you begin to identify. There's a scripture, I don't know exactly where it is, but there's this identification that takes place. You're just gripped by what you see and you're gripped by God's heart and you're gripped by whatever the case may be that you're praying out. So, so therefore, you, you will at times, you know, your emotions will come into play and you will have tears, but not necessarily do you have to have the tears, okay? Ephesians 6.18, praying always with all manner of prayer. Sometimes this manner of prayer includes travail. 1 Timothy 2, 1 through 4, I exhort first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, giving some thanks. He made, in this case, for kings and all that are in authority, okay? This kind of praying is some of the kinds of prayers spoken of in the word of God. Here's some more definitions and more scriptures on the subject. Groanings and travail is a genuine form of prayer that can break through when nothing else does. The Greek word travail is found several times in the New Testament. When Jesus talked about the pregnant woman who had sorrow in travail, John 16, 21, he was referring to P-I-K-T-O, which means to bring forth, to bear, to produce, like fruit from the seed of a woman giving birth, of the earth bringing forth its fruits. When Paul was talking about interceding for the Thessalonians, Thessalonians, the first Thessalonians 2.9, the Greek word for travail is M-O-C-H-T-H-O-S, which means a hard and difficult labor, toil, travail, hardship, distress. Galatians 4.19, very classic prayer. My little children, the Apostle Paul said, in whom I travail in birth, oh, my Italian's coming out. Can you see it? My Italian's coming out. My little children, in whom I travail in birth again. Until what? Until Christ be formed in you. He travailed first for Christ to be, for them to be born again. And then he travailed a second time for Christ to be formed in them. Let's give the definition of travail in that scripture. Travail is O-D-I-N. He said, I travail, O-D-I-N, in birth, in labor, until Christ be formed in you. That word means to suffer the pains of childbirth, travail in birth, travail in birth, travailest, and travail in birth. In this passage, he is adopting the figure of a childbearing mother. He is in travail for the spiritual birth of Christ within them, as he says, and straining all his powers to renew once more the spiritual life which had died in them until he could succeed in shaping their inner man afresh into the image of Christ. I don't understand everything about prayer, and I don't understand everything about the operations of the Spirit when it comes to prayer. 
What I do know is this kind of praying is scriptural. One day we will stand before God and we will understand everything. We won't know in part. We won't prophesy in part. We won't see through a glass darkly. But until now, we need to study the scriptures, yield to the spirit of grace and supplication. And if that knower on the inside of you says, this is of God, keep flowing in it, then keep flowing in it. It's in the Bible. Oh, we're almost done, thank God. Colossians 4.12, ever of us, who is one of you, a bond servant of Christ greets you. He says here, are you listening? Always laboring fervently for you in prayers. For what? That you may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. He was laboring fervently for them in prayer so that they would stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. It wasn't case set off, set off, whatever will be, will be. Let's just let that wayward child do whatever they want to do. No, they're like, no, we're going to take a hold of this. We're going to change the circumstances. Prayer opens up the door for God to work. We're going to labor fervently till Christ is formed in them, and we're going to continue to labor fervently uh, so that they stand perfect and complete in all the will of God, especially our young people today. There's many Joshua's and Caleb's and and, and Esther's and Anna's and, the, and these young people, and they're choosing careers, and they're choosing um, um, these, these um, uh, what do you call them in college, you know, where they, they have a, a major in college, and it's not even their destiny. We need to birth in the, the destiny of our young people. We need to pray that they would stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. Fulfill their destiny. Jeremiah 1.5, whatever their destiny is. It's not about making money. It's about fulfilling their destiny while they're here on this earth. But he says here, laboring fervently for you in prayers that you may stand perfect and complete. That word laboring in the Greek word is P-A-N-O-S. And it means to fight, to struggle, often an athletic contest, labor, toil, distress, suffering, pain. That's why intercession is different from the prayer of worship. Prayer of intercession, if there's a labor at times, there's a suffering on the inside at times, there's a toil, there's a sadness, there's that, that feeling of heaviness. And so many times people think, I have a spirit of heaviness, or I've got this heaviness on the inside of me. Is it me? Maybe it's a prayer assignment. Maybe God is uploading or downloading a prayer assignment. Yield over to it. Okay. Let's go to John 11. I've been waiting for 50 minutes to get to this, but we are finally here. John chapter 11. I am downloading prayer mantles into my church because I am going to work a work in your day that if it were told you, it would be like a dream. But I need my people, which are called by my name, to humble themselves and pray and to yield over to the spirit of grace and supplication and not be afraid yield over unto me and as they do i will respond i will hear from heaven i will hear the groanings of my people and i will send the rain in the time of the latter rain i will cause the bright clouds to send a downpour because i desire to pour out my spirit on all flesh not just on your nation not just in your region but in the whole world you have Sokoya Manandarapasa. So enter in. Enter into this place of prayer. Enter in. You will find a joy that you've never had before. You will find a sense of completeness that you've never had before. Because many of you have been called to that secret place. A 
And many of you have allowed the, the deceitfulness of riches and the lusts of other things and the cares of this world to choke that calling upon your life. But this day I say to you, arise, says the Spirit of God, shine. I want you to come out from among them, out from among the world. Be separate. Separate yourselves unto me. Separate unto me for the work whereunto I have called you, because I have called you to a place of intimacy with me. I've called you to a place of prayer so that I can do that which I desire to do. There is an urgency by the Spirit of God, and I sense his urgency tonight, and I'm glad I didn't give up. I'm glad I didn't lose hope. I'm glad I didn't listen to the devil. I'm glad I listened to my heart and said it's not by might, not by power. This prayer movement is going to advance by the Spirit of God. All he wants is willing vessels that will say yes to him and no to the cares of this world. Okay, let's look at Jesus. Jesus, you know the story, the death of Lazarus. Those of you that don't read John 11, the whole entire chapter. But for the sake of time, Jesus said, and there's many people that are listening on these uh, uh, lives that don't know what you and I know. That's why it's very important that we teach this kind of thing line upon line. John 11, then Jesus said to them, plainly, they said, Jesus said to them, Lazarus is dead. Looks hopeless. He's dead. He's been dead four days. It's dead. Dead, D-E-A-D. Just like some churches that we know. Just like some people that we know. Just like some marriages that we know. Just like some things that we know. It looks dead. But you know what? You can look at the circumstance and you can acknowledge it, but let's not stay, stay there. Because prayer changes things. Prayer opens up the door for God to work. So Jesus is Lazarus is dead. He said, but I'm glad because he had complete faith. He said, but I'm glad for your sakes that I was not there, that you may believe. Nevertheless, let us go to him. Then Thomas, who is called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. So when Jesus came, he found that he had already been dead in the tomb for four days. Let's jump down to verse 32. Then when Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, because she knew that Jesus was the resurrection and the life. He, she knew that he had the power to raise the dead. But can I just say something to you? Do you know that Christ in you is the resurrection and the life? He is in you. And there is nothing impossible to your believing, prevailing prayers. He fell down at his feet saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her weeping, what did he do? Verse 33, look it up for yourself. He groaned in the spirit. It was a deep sigh. It was a grunt, like, 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 oh, like a horse, kind of a groaning. He groaned in the spirit. There were no words. And he said, where have you laid him? And they said to him, Lord, come and see. Verse 35, Jesus wept. Jesus wept. And then this people were all like, whoa, look at how he loved them. And then they went on and on and they said a few things. And then Jesus said, he said to them, listen, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of him who was dead, said to him, Lord, by this time he, he smells, for he's been dead four days. 
And, and Jesus said, or did not I say to you, if you would believe, you would see the glory of God. Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was laying. And Jesus lifted up his eyes. And here's the point. You know what Jesus said? Words in red. He said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. Well, what did he say? He groaned in the spirit. He, he cried tears. And he looks up to heaven and he says, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. And I know you always hear me, but because of the people who are standing by said this, that they may believe that you sent me. And then he said, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came forth. You know the scripture. He had grave clothes. They took the grave clothes off. You know that this kind of praying causes dead things to come alive. This kind of praying causes Christ to be formed in them. This kind of praying causes the weights and the sins and the hindrances. Romans 15, 1, come off of people. The grave clothes to come off of people. We just need to have enough love and enough faith, you know, and not give up, not lose hope, and keep praying until we see the birth and the manifestation. And this is what the Spirit said to me today. He said, just like tongues, groanings and travail is a form of communication with communication God understands and he responds to these groanings or these and the this travail okay well it's 8:59 i'm going to take two more minutes those of you that know about revivals in days gone by there was one from 1790 to 1840 that lasted 50 years it was spearheaded by charles finney but it was prayed through by father nash and i'm telling you about what god said to me today is he said to me today he said i am raising up those who are going to be like father nash and like one who was like Anna the prophetess, Luke 2, 26 through 38. I'm raising up those who are like Father Nash and, and the Annas. He says, and I am placing fresh mantles upon them. Father Nash was responsible for this revival that lasted 50 years because he would go ahead of Charles Finney and he would prepare the way, Isaiah 43 through five. And he, was, he would lock himself in a room and he would groan and travail and pray in tongues. People would hear him. Sometimes he'd bring other people in with him to pray. And by the time Finney got to where he was, revival broke out. I'm gonna say it one more time and we're gonna close. God is raising up men and women like Father Nash and Anna the prophetess. Those who say yes to the call of God in the secret place of prayer. These prayer mantles are being released. So I just want to encourage you to Matthew 6, 6, go into your prayer closet. Shut the door. Pray to your father. Say, Father, I thank you that you have anointed me with fresh oil. I thank you. I say yes. Why don't we pray together? Say this with me. Say, I say yes to the call of God. I say yes. <laughs> I say yes to being marked as an intercessor. I say yes to yielding to the spirit of grace and supplication. Here I am, Lord. Use me. Flow through me. Send me into the place of prayer. And I promise to give you all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory. 
Thank you for listening to the Purpose Project Podcast. For more content, video, and teachings like this, visit margieflorent.org.